Founders, welcome back to the Zero to 5,000 podcast, where we obsess over the convergence of human potential and business results. Today, our hosts, Drew McClure and Jordan Mitchell, have another insightful conversation for you. So let's jump right in. All right, founders, welcome back. We are on round three of re-interviewing some of our favorite guests, and today we're honored to have back on the podcast Brian Daly, who is the co-founder of Ground Floor, where they do nationwide real estate lending marketplace that is revolutionary in terms of being able to invest in, for the common person, things like real estate. The episode was episode number 56. If you want to go back and listen to it, you'll get to hear the whole backstory of how they came up with it, how they've grown it and scaled it to where it is today. And since we last talked, actually today I found out, they just launched a brand new app that they're excited about. And so, Brian, first off, welcome to the podcast. And second off, can you tell us about this app that you guys launched? Yeah, hey, it's great to be back. Uh, I I enjoyed the last conversation and uh, it's fun to get to have another one. Um, You know, we, like most high growth companies, had to adapt during COVID. And uh, it was... I think we learned a lot about ourselves as a company. Uh, we learned a lot about who we are. We learned a lot about why we're on the mission we're on. Uh, and for those who didn't hear the previous episode, you know, we're here to open up alternative investments for everyone. We've started with real estate. We let you invest $10 at a time in real estate investment loans and earn high yields for low risk on short holding periods, uh, just like you know, the big institutions and the hedge funds get to do. Uh, but, you know, at $10, we can all build a portfolio, awesome. right? That's the idea. Uh, so, you know, obviously when COVID hit, it disrupted a lot of financially oriented businesses. It disrupted a lot of types of businesses. Uh, we had experimented with selling, uh, you know, credit to institutional buyers kind of to support the growth of our marketplace. And we were pretty proud about some of the institutional buyers that we attracted. Um, But COVID knocked the wind out of those institutional buying (laughs) programs. And we had to scramble to figure out what to do because we had all of this, you know, credit that we had originated that now these guys weren't going to buy. We had, we had originated it for them, you know, because we make real estate investment loans. Sure. And then we, you know, we turn around and we sell them to, you know, individual investors $10 at a time. Well, we had a warehouse full of product and we had to figure out what to do. You know, uh, we didn't want to stop lending because, you know, we wanted to keep going. We're sure. We want to make progress as a company. So we started uh, experimenting with different investment products that we could put out there. And one of them uh, has become this app. It's called, uh, it's called Stairs. Uh, you okay. can download it at stairsapp.com or find it on your, you know, uh, on your uh, app store or play store. Uh, and what it enables you to do without ever having to, you know, get into the real estate of it, you know, and pick loans or pick properties that you want to invest in. It just lets you put money into the app and earn between four and 6% on your money. You can take it out anytime you want. Wow. And people are kind of amazed that it's, you know, it's like several hundred times the interest rate that you're going to get from a, from an FDIC insured savings account. And the reason we're able to do that is because we're making high yield loans to real estate investors. So the people who use stairs are giving us more ammo to go out there and, you know, make loans. And we are sharing a huge chunk of the interest that we earn 
on, you know, on those loans with the users of this app. And so everybody wins, right? There's more lending capital out there for us to go make loans to entrepreneurs. There's more uh, money, you know, being made on your money, right? Instead of sitting in your bank account, earning yes. nothing, yes. right? You can just put it to work. You can take it out whenever you want. Uh, it's super simple and we're really proud of it. Uh, and during beta, we had about 2000 people download it, use it and put about $5 million to work on it in just a few months. Wow. Uh, so we're pretty fired up about it. Uh, we have well, that's exciting. Uh, a lot of, we're having a lot of fun with it. It's cool. And it, it was born of COVID, right? It was born of sort of like most ideas, right? Necessity yeah. is the mother of invention. And uh, it's our first mobile app. You know, we have a whole roadmap for mobile apps coming, but uh, but we're really excited about it. Damn, man, that is that's incredible for for a few reasons. So one, I'm on a journey right now. I made I made a commitment this year that I would get way more financially literate. So all right, I was it's good paycheck to paycheck for a long time and just never felt like. So I was in ministry for ten years, right before I switched in, into the business that I've founded now and the world I'm in now. And just realized I was late in the game and really wrapping my mind around what to do with my money. Yeah. And so uh, just even recently, one of my, my co-founder, Jordan Mitchell, two things. One, the first time I interviewed you, he saw that I interviewed you and he said, I'm an investor in Ground Floor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he was like, this is awesome. Like That's he great. Discover, he discovered you guys somehow. I was like, this is a brilliant idea. I'd like to put some money into this. Um, and then secondly, he was just on the phone with me yesterday saying, dude, how much, how much you just got sitting in a bank account? Right. right. Like, and I was like, well, this much. He's like, why is it in a bank account? You're not making any money on that. Right. And I was like, I hadn't thought about that. I guess I just wanted X amount liquid, you know, that. You yeah. Know. Well, one reason it's in your bank account and one reason people save is you never know when you're going to need to tap into that money. Exactly. And if it's in an investment, you know, like let's say we all download Robinhood and we put it in the stock market, right? Or we put it into crypto, right? It might go up or down or, you know, and yep. if you need it when it's down, that's how people lose money. Yes. Right. And so the whole idea of this app is to take what everybody loves about savings, which is you can sock it away, you can get it whenever you want. And what people like about investing, which is actually earning a good return. And yes. we married those up. Yes. The, the way our marketing people say it is our uh, financial, you know, our, our finance scientists, uh, you know, went in and created the best, you know, the bet took the best of savings and the best of investing and married them up. And we call it save vesting. So that's you can go save vest with stairs. That's why I'm excited. I literally I just had this conversation and he was giving that's me some awesome. ideas of where I could put it. But I'm like, well, I'm talking to you. I'm, I might as well just put it in stairs. Like that is Let's go. brilliant. So I'll be It's I'll pretty be quick and easy. And if you know, if you use it, tell us what you think. You know, I'd love to hear your sure. you know, as a as a real user, I'd love to hear what you think. Absolutely. I'm super excited about that. Thank you for giving us that update for me personally. Yeah. <laughs> that's timely. Uh, now I want to get into the conversation about you and sure. just kind of poke around, you know, my, but right. my job is working with people on increasing their performance. Right. So I just geek out anytime I get to know about somebody, what drives them, what motivates them, that kind of thing. And I think our audience as well is primarily made up of other founders. They're, they're other people that are probably in the middle of learning things about themselves that they're growing as their business is growing. And so I found it to be, I think it'll be very helpful just to learn a little bit more about you. So we're gonna start with a fun question, funny question. Great. Which is, what do you find kind of uniquely annoys you the most or pisses you off? Based on your personality, based on your wiring, like what pisses you off? Inauthentic behavior, mm. number one. Uh, and I think work is a place where 
uh, authenticity is frequently sacrificed for uh, something else. Yeah. Um, you know, I was part of a company, I won't say who, because I actually really love the company and I love the people there uh, that had a rule. I was told, uh, Brian, you need to go along to get along. And yes. what they're basically saying when people say that, uh, no, on one hand, it sounds good. Like, hey, we want to have a copacetic team culture. We want everybody to get along. We don't want, we have a no asshole rule. I get it. Right. I would much rather have somebody who expresses him or herself as an asshole if they're being an authentic asshole so we can work with them on it. We can work with that. Yeah. Right. We can work with them on it. We can sit, we can ask them if you're going to be authentic in our culture, we ask you to also be accountable for it. Right. And you have yeah. to have those two things together. So the thing that really ticks me off more than anything else is people who behave in an inauthentic way. And we all do it from time to time. Yeah. We're never perfectly in alignment, you know, in expressing perfect alignment with how we really are or how we really feel about something or our true level of commitment to something. Yeah. We all do it, um, but it's probably the thing, you know, on our leadership team or, you know, within our, we now have 60 employees, right? When I hear about somebody, I, I would rather somebody screw up a project and be authentic about it, you know, authentically screw it up than, you know, have the project go well and have it be a fake, right? Yeah. Have them be a fake. And yeah. I think, you know, that's not for everybody in a work environment, but that's how we are. Uh, I love that. Do you have any thoughts on what leads us? Like you said, it's not just a you or them. It's a kind of a human thing. Yeah. To uh, a lot of times unknowingly be inauthentic and fear. Find, well, yeah. What do you think is causing that? It's fear. Fear of what? Fear causes it. Fear of being exposed. Fear of not being liked. Yeah. Uh, fear of being uh, judged. Uh, fear of being wrong. Um, you know, we all have that fear. Yeah. And sometimes we realize that we have that fear and we're, we do something about it, you know, and we manage it or we step back from it, we decide that that fear isn't worth sacrificing who we are or how we are. Uh, and other times we don't, you know, and, and we all, we all can, we all can make those choices or not right yeah. in any given moment. And it takes um, a lot of practice and repetition and reinforcement, I think to, you know, counteract that very natural human fear. I, I couldn't agree more. I have kind of a working theory that's, based on, I think, good psychology and just observing the people, but it's the same thing. I think at the core of every human being, no matter what country you're from, no matter what socioeconomic background, cultural, I think we all have a basic need to be seen, known, and loved. Like that is yeah. just hardwired into us. I want to be right. seen, I want to be known, and I want to be loved. Yep. So that means right with that, we all have the fear that if you see me and you know me, you'll reject me. Correct. And that would pain me. Rejection could be judgment. Rejection could be distancing yourself, losing that job, not getting that account. Yep. And so I think over time, especially when we're little, we just start like mirroring. Like we look around and we go, okay, what, what's going to help me get that seat at the lunch table yep. and get accepted into that group? Right. Is, it, is it sports? Is it humor? Is it whatever? And eventually it kind of crafts almost a mask. And we get really yeah. so used to that mask that we're not even – we don't even realize there's a different person underneath that mask, right? I agree with that. Yeah. And, so and I think that's actually painful. It. I think it's actually pretty painful for people. Um, and it can be painful because you realize it, or it can be painful because you don't even realize it, but you see, you feel like an imposter or you feel like yes. a fish out of water. Exactly. And as leaders, I think our job 
is to help people feel, believe, and act uh, as though they are safe. Mm. Um, and the way we try to do that is by encouraging people to be accountable. So, yeah, you know, that's the other side of the scale, right? You can, if, if you have a bunch of smart people running around being their true authentic selves, you know, guess what's going to happen, right? Yeah. Uh, we're going to bump into each other. Um, you know, there's going to be clashes and they're going to be, you know, they're going to be situations where maybe we, maybe our authentic self didn't act in a way that was actually, you know, productive. <laughs> Yeah. You know, yeah. So you got to own up to that. You say, ah, you know, I, I wasn't, I was, I was not at my best yesterday, you know? And yeah. And you know, it's hard to create that, you know, and I, I won't pretend that we've done it perfectly, you know, within the company, but it's, it's an aspiration and a template for us that we're trying as we grow while we're still small enough, yeah. you know, to have a shot at being those people, you know? You uh, and the thing up- I like about that is if, we're, if we can learn how to be that type of person at work, we probably have a chance of being that person at home, you know, and in our community. And then I think we're punching above our weight, you know, as a company, right? Work is, work is creating some real good for people. Man. Well, you bring up, yeah, I think a really timely conversation point because right now the good news is we're having a lot of kind of wake up calls in in society or we're, we're, we're trending towards recognizing like, Hey, there's been some old kind of ways that we've operated that, you know, really weren't fair to people, weren't equitable, right. weren't kind, weren't considerate. And so we're moving that direction, which that's totally a great direction. Yeah. I think where we can error is understanding what that means sometimes. Yes. And so the way we've seen it when we get invited into companies is people confuse psychological safety, which is what you're talking about, with playing nice. And I use that in air quotes. Mm-hmm. Playing nice is kind of what you talked about. Like, right. don't rock the boat. Just, you know, don't, don't really like piss anybody off. Don't basically don't say the truth. Right. And it's like, no, no, no. What it means is that you bring your authentic self and you bring the truth, but it's in an environment where there is mutual accountability. Right. And we can, we can build trust that we can disagree and that's okay. Or that I could show up as an asshole and and someone call me out on it and I can actually receive that. I'm a big boy or girl. Right. I can receive that. Right. Well, and we also ask people but kindness is another value of ours and that's purposeful too, because, and it, several of these values are purposefully intention, right? Yeah. Where sometimes the truth hurts, right? And you have to ask yourself, what's the kind thing here? Is it to be truthful? You know, as I'm being truthful, how can I, I maybe, maybe the truth is going to hurt somebody and the, and it feels like the kind thing might not be to tell them the truth, but then we say, no, 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 you got to be authentic. Yeah. You got to be real. Cause we have to shoulder that pain if we're going to get where the company's going, we're trying to do something really hard here and we attract people who want to do something hard yeah. and are okay with that complexity and are okay with that, um, you know, discomfort, right. Yeah. That comes. And so it's a challenging leadership assignment to think about all these issues and apply them to practical cases. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not statutory. It's more like the common law, you know, you got to yeah. like look at each case <laughs> and ask yourself, all right, what are the principles that we're working with here? And, how do we make a judgment about how to behave? And we're never going to get it perfect. We're human beings, but, uh, yeah. but that, that, I mean, honestly, that's one of the things I enjoy about our work. You know, that's yeah. one of the things I think, you know, we're, we're blessed to get to do. Yeah, man. Again, it makes me think of a conversation I just had recently where this person had a pretty, pretty great aha that they saw one part of the equation. They didn't see the other because a lot of these deeper things are truths that are often held in tension to some degree. 
yes. right? That it, it, it has to work with like knowing where the tension is and navigating that. And so this really great person, she actually is a really great person. I was, we were working with this executive team. We're doing some feedback with each other. And this person just made some comment like, well, I have a reputation for maybe being a little bit blunt. I guess I can be too truthful sometimes. And everyone kind of laughed. And I was like, what does that mean? They're like, well, I have a, I just call it like it is, and sometimes that pisses people off, and blah, 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 blah. I guess I shouldn't do that. And I said, no, uh-uh. Like, it's not about do I be truthful or not. I think the feedback you're getting is are you speaking the truth in love? Right. And, it's, and we see those as opposite things. Like, yes. if I love you, I will, I will not tell you the honest feedback. Or I'm just going to tell you the honest feedback. I don't care how you feel. Yeah, I mean, are, am I giving you the truth to blow you up? Or am exactly. I giving you the truth to take good care of all of us? You exactly. Know? And that's what Including I think Including you. I think <laughs> right. that's what, what it means to speak the truth in love is say, yeah. are my intentions to help you? And right. am I even taking the time to consider, is this a good time to share this? Have I thought through the best way to share this? Yep. Like that's being loving is saying like, I probably don't need to do that in front of everybody. Maybe right. that's a maybe that's a me and you conversation that's more maybe appropriate yeah. behind closed doors. I'm like, that's the loving part, but don't no one's telling you not to speak the truth. You right. just might be getting a little bit of feedback that we need to crank up the love value or the kindness <laughs> value a little bit, you know? Right. Uh, yeah, I, love I that. think that's right. I mean, you, you it sounds like you have uh, you know, happened upon these same sort of uh insights as well, you know, and I think I I think figuring out how to apply them within a given context is a meaningful, worthwhile challenge. For you know? sure. Because we want to attract people who want to work that way and are open to that kind of personal development and professional development. Yeah. And we think that is actually in the end important to delivering on our mission. We're not doing it just because, you know, it's a way to make work more interesting. We're doing it because we believe it's necessary if we're going to work with you know, real estate entrepreneurs who guess what? Sometimes get themselves in over their head. Mm. You know, sometimes they bite off more than they can chew. We all do it as entrepreneurs. How are we going to deal with that while representing the interests of our investors whose capital are invested in their project, sure. right? In the loan for their project, you know, and how are we going to deal with people who, you know, we give them a lot of freedom to make investment choices and decisions. We don't tell them what to do. And sometimes people, you know, misunderstand or they make a decision they regret, you know, investment wise, how do we help them with that? Right. Mm -hmm. How do we help them through that? And that takes, you know, we have to do that at a product level, at a customer interaction level, you know, all over the company, people at ground floor are having to do that. And so we select for it and develop it and try to, you know, coach it as best yeah. we can. And, yeah. you know, it's a, uh, it's something I hope as we go from 60 to 120 people and on and onward, you know, I hope we're able to retain that spirit and continually improve at it. Absolutely. Well, the good news is from everything I can tell, starting the things you care about most early is critical. Yeah. Like I remember Yvonne Chouinard talking about starting Patagonia and he said some of the things that are most critical to what makes Patagonia Patagonia couldn't be implemented into a company later in the company's life. No. Like you had right. to start with that. Yeah. And he's like, we've seen a lot of companies try to impl implement some of our key stuff later and it like trashes the system. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's like, it does not work. It does work. not compute. No. Right? Like yeah. one of theirs is they're really big on like autonomy. Mm -hmm. And inside of that autonomy, if you take care of your stuff, you can take a Friday off to go surfing if the waves are nice. Like right. they were all a bunch of climbers and adventurists that started that company. 
And so, but they had to think through how that works and how does that, how do we not let customers down if we have people randomly taking off days, but they figured that out all along the way. And now it works for them, but you have a company that's not built on that go, that sounds great. Let's just tell people if the surf is nice outside, you can take the day off and Uh their manufacturing shuts down, you know? (laughs) So he was like, some of that stuff, you got to build in the core of it early on. And it's much easier to, to keep figuring out how that iterates at scale than bringing it in later. So I think you yeah, guys these have done are it. complex human systems, you know? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Back to you, back to you. I'm not going to let you get off the hook. Okay. What would you say, I, the way I would phrase it is what motivates you, but depending on how you think about motivation, I'm more curious about like, what, what gives you juice? If you found yourself just juiced in a day, like, man, yeah, I'm so excited I mean, about life or work. What, what do you think's juicing you? There are, there are certain aspects of my job that I think we all have this, that when you, uh, when you get into them, you realize that it doesn't feel like work anymore. It feels like you're playing, you know, it feels like, you know, you're just kind of lost in the work for the pleasure of the work. Right. And I think for me, what's at this stage of my career, um, what's pulling me forward is two things. One, you know, I'm incredibly devoted to the mission that we set out on eight years ago. I love it. I, uh, you know, I've, I've, I haven't bled for it literally, but figuratively, yeah. uh, and, and spiritually I have probably sweat um, tears, if not blood, at least yeah, sweat and tears. I mean, I, I really care about it. You know, I, I authentically legitimately care about it and that is motivating to me generally. But if I'm honest day to day, it, yes, you can connect what you're doing to that and say, yeah. yes, this is important. I'm doing this. But I think we all at a human level day to day need to feel that the work that we're doing is satisfying for its own sake. Yeah. Not for some external result, but just the work itself. And so, you know, there are just certain types of work that when I get into them, I realize I'm like, yeah, this is like God wired me to do this kind of stuff with my brain. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And it just, what, and everybody's what are, what are different in terms of what that is, but you know, when you find it, pay attention, I think, you know, what are, what are some of those things for you? Is it like a, a brainstorming meeting or is it a, a one-to-one interaction? Is it people driven? Is it solving complex problems? Like what, what are some well, So one thing I realized that I, and I, I, I tend to lose myself, you know, my uh, fiance, soon to be wife will tell you, um, you know, it's obvious if I'm doing some serious analysis of something, you know, if I'm, if I'm like crunching numbers and looking at kind of trade-offs and thinking critically about a problem, you know, I'm useless <laughs> because, <laughs> You're because gone. it's, it's all, absor- I'm gone, you know, like yeah. it's all absorbing for me. And it's because that part of my brain where I'm thinking about how to think about a problem and then going down the road of actually thinking about it that way. And then maybe realizing that's not the best way to think about the problem. I want to go maybe this other way. Yeah. Uh, for me, that's, that's the juice that, that just is motivating. And fortunately for me, being a founder gives me tons of opportunity to do that. Uh, you know, if I'm looking at an investment opportunity, you know, where, um, you know, somebody might be getting ready to invest in the company, or we're thinking about doing another round, or we're thinking about a business deal that we, you know, that we want to do with a partner or partnership, or, you know, we're thinking about even like 
I realize even when we're structuring like compensation plans, you know, like yeah. anything that I could just sit and analyze and think through, think about how to think about it and then yes. go think about it, man, that's like, that's it for me. That just pulls me in. And I, you know, there are a lot of other aspects of my job too, that I really just deeply enjoy for the sake of it. And I try to spend my time on those things, you know? Yeah. Have you, have you ever read or, or come across any of the research on flow states on flow? I'm, I'm, I haven't done a lot of reading in it, but I'm generally familiar with it. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's a guy named Stephen Kotler that is got some fascinating books out there. The rise of Superman, stealing fire, uh, all kind of cool analogies he's using to, yeah. to understand. But he's a researcher at heart. I think he, I think he runs a company called the flow genome project and he's researched everything from Navy SEALs to Google to Microsoft to whoever, athletes, artists, yeah, right. what is flow, you know? Right. And I just found this fascinating, so I'll throw this out there for you in the audience. He said, anytime you're experiencing STIR, which you would, is acronym S-T-E-R, you are in some state of flow. So STIR, the S is when you experience selflessness. This is not just uh, generosity but literally an e like a, a, a losing of self. So that's when you said, where did he go? He's not here. <laughs> right. It's because for the first time, the chatter in your brain, that's how am I hungry? Yeah. Am I tired? All that's Doesn't gone. Matter. It's gone. You're, right. you're not really conscious of self anymore. Yeah. The second is timelessness. You, you don't really know how long you've been in this moment. So that's when you're like, whoa, we've been talking for an hour. Wow, that's right. crazy. Right. Timelessness. The third is it's effortless. Even if you're expending energy, so you may be working hard, but the experience of it, the flow of it feels like it's somewhat effortless. Like I'm yes. caught up in some river. And the fourth is richness, that what you're doing feels rich and satisfying to you, right? Yep. And I just, I think that's fascinating. And so his whole thing was- I like that, stir. The more yeah. time you spend in stir and flow, you not only enjoy, yet you would report higher levels of fulfillment in your life, enjoy that time, but you also are your most productive self. Like the quality yeah. of the work you're doing is really moving mountains, you know? Right. And so he, he just, in the, especially in the book, um, Stealing Fire, he starts talking about how much money, like Google, for example, is spending to figure out how to get their engineers into states of flow more consistently. Like they're spending millions of dollars to yeah. figure out in a work context, how do we put you in a position where you experience stir because they're getting the best results out of them in like, fraction of the time you yep. know yep um so it's both selfish selfish and selfless right from google <laughs> part of it's self selfish and that like we get really great results out of you the other part and to a degree is somewhat selfless because it's like man we're willing to invest in you being in a state that you really enjoy you know yeah i um, love that so yep. i found that fascinating i agree yeah do you do you notice that the the more you've been able to grow this company and decide to some degree what you spend your time on and what you don't, that you've steered it towards those kinds of activities? I mean, look, I, I, I'd be hard pressed to decide what percentage of time I get to do that. Um, I'd have to think about that more intentionally in order to really know. It seems like it. I mean, it, yeah. it, it seems like, I mean, I certainly have a lot more discretion over where I spend my time today than I did when we were five people in a co-working space, sure. you know, and I was programming all the Facebook ads myself, right. Uh, to try to figure out what would work. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm almost sure, you know, that, you know, I, I, I'm sure I'm spending more time 
on sure. those types of things than yeah. I did in the past. And, you know, I've tried to, I've tried to surround myself with people like our COO, Rhonda Hills, who's an exceptionally talented executive. Um, you know, I don't like categorizing people cause I'm like, Hey, I'm a visionary, but I also love to execute stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, she's, she has vision too, but she's an amazing executor. Right. Yes. Um, and you know, she can manage situations and people, uh, in a way she has energy for that. I don't, you know? And so it's great that she's, you know, a complimentary force who, you know, all of our customer facing functions report to, you know? Yeah. And so she, I, I think something I should probably check in with her about, but I, I think a lot of her job is now playing to more of her strengths and more of her flow state. Uh, and you know, there are others in our executive team in particular who I work with day in and day out, who I hope that's true for that. We all sort of end up, you know, getting to play at work, you yeah. know, with more and more of our time. Yeah. And if we could have that ourselves, maybe we then do that for the people who, work for us, you know, and I hope that cascades down through the company. Yeah, I think so. I think it does. I think they see you as an example and they see, wow, I'm allowed to do that. You know, yeah. that's what's cool is like, right. We're talking about within your purview, what's most important. Usually when you're yeah. leaning in, if you're yeah. somewhere in the right seat, let's say you're not yeah. totally in the wrong seat. Well, it, I'll give you another example. It's like another thing, another place where I experience flow state is if I'm preparing a presentation, yeah. you know, and I get to do that every week. Uh, we do a monthly all hands meeting or sorry, weekly, weekly all hands meeting on Monday, uh, you know, 1145 and everybody gathers around and I love preparing for that thing. I love thinking through like, okay, what do people need to hear about? And how are we going to talk about that? And what can we share this week? That'll be meaningful and helpful for people. And what can we celebrate? And, mm. you know, I love, I love doing that. And how much time yeah. do you give yourself to prepare for that, for that meeting? I usually devote most of my Monday morning to it. Love. I, I wake up in the morning thinking about, or I go to bed thinking about it. You know, I wake up in the, and it's kind of sitting in the back of my mind. I'm kind of thinking about things. Uh, I have a routine that I follow on Mondays, you know, to sort of work with the executive team to kind of tease out different things. And, you know, sometimes we're planning a week ahead for something we want to talk about a week away, you know, so it's almost always kind of there yeah. in the back of it. We've, we've designed processes that, you know, make that meetings content meaningful on a consistent, reliable basis. And our employee surveys, uh, you know, our pulse surveys tell us that people get a lot of value out of that meeting. And, you know, it's one of those States where like, I love doing it, you know, and it's same thing. Like if we're, if we're out raising money, I love thinking about like, how are we going to present the company now? How are we yeah. going to tell the story? You know, how are we going to, and in my job, I'm doing that all the time. You know? Most, so, most people hate meetings. <laughs> yeah. You know? No, I, I wouldn't so say why? I love meetings. I would just say, I like, well, that's where my question is going yeah. is, is if most people don't enjoy meetings, it's usually because yeah. meetings just aren't useful or productive right. or, you know, meaningful. What do you think you guys have done well that makes it an enjoyable meeting that people find really useful? I think we've just tried to think about what the audience might want or need, you know? And so we bookend the meeting with celebrating any new hires who are joining us and we let them take the stage and tell a little bit about themselves. You know, mm -hmm. um, people want connection, especially right now where we're, we're still working remotely, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, we start with that and we'll celebrate an anniversary, you know, who's been here a year or two years or three years. And I get a chance to appreciate them publicly. Right. Which I mean, everybody likes that, right? Like, yeah, I mean, that's, I enjoy it. I, I hope the person receiving the appreciation doesn't feel too embarrassed by it. 
you know, and their peers like who appreciate them like to see it, you know, and then we will have a topic that we're going to take on. Maybe it's like how we did last month, you know, we share like the real data, you know, about how is the company doing? And we demonstrate accountability to our goals. We say, well, here's what our OKRs were at the beginning of the quarter. We're checking in once or two or three times during the quarter to share with everybody how we did on the company Mm. OKR and maybe on a couple of the priority objectives that we also set, you know, what are the key results for those? And even if the, like this, this quarter, we set some really stupidly high, you know, targets for ourselves. Right. And I say stupidly high. Cause like when we started to break down all the activities that we'd have to do in order to hit those numbers, you know, we realized, Oh my God, we can't do all that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, it's so, but we're honest about that. And I think people like that yeah, because people yeah. don't want fakeness. People don't want fake yeah. it till you make it. So anytime you know, I kind of run right at the opportunity to be like, well, you know, we didn't do a good job on this. Right. And it's not judging us negatively. It's just being honest, you know, and holding ourselves accountable. And then we end the meeting with, um, you know, with a shout out, you know, or, or two or three, or sometimes five, you know, where people can submit, uh, and then they get to take the floor and they get to praise somebody for something that they did during the week or, some accomplishment of another employee. And, you know, all of these things were sort of added. And we also do like a cross-functional update, you know, what happened last week and what's happening this week. So people, I think by the time we're done with our 30 minutes, and it usually does, it usually does 30 minutes, you know, by the time we're done with our 30 minutes, I think people feel well-informed, they feel connected, you know, um, they know they're not being, you know, there's not smoke being blown, you know, and I I think people like that. So I think that's what's made it work. I mean, I'm sure some people don't enjoy it some days and I hope they have the courage to tell us, Hey, that wasn't a good one, you know? Yeah. But I think on balance, we've gotten a recipe that kind of, and a formula kind of works. Well, that honesty breeds trust. Like if, if we're unsure of how it's going, I know we set these goals, but I'm unsure of how it's going. You just start filling the blanks yourself. It's assumptions. And you feel that there's some insecurity of like, I think the company's doing well. Hopefully I'll still have a job a year from now. (laughs) But even if they tell you, hey, guys, we overshot this one, and here's why, and here's what we're going to do now, it's like, cool. Like, right. Yep, that makes sense. I can I see how that I think it puts happens. people at ease, too, you know? Well, that's what I was going to say. And there's, and, this- and there's nobody, like, being, you know, you know, criticized, you know, in these meetings. It's, it's like, hey, we're all in this together, and we're all, you know. Yeah. It's not, well, who are we going to hang out to dry for this? You know, it's yeah. just not that kind of vibe. Well, this what comes to mind, I think, is just a – is an example in my head. I, I do not get political on here. This is not getting political. It just stands out to me as a moment of a series of blunders I think we all took in the pandemic, right? Sure. And so one of the things I saw just from, like again, a human performance and culture and stuff that I study was when Fauci said masks don't work. And then months later said, actually, they do work. But the reason why I said they didn't work was I was afraid that you guys would buy up all the masks and there wouldn't be any masks <laughs> for the frontline workers, right? Now, let's just assume, let's give them the benefit of the doubt that that's exactly what happened, all right? Sure. I don't know, I don't know anybody. What's we don't know. On. But let's say that's exactly what happened. He made a very common mistake that often we all make, which is saying like, I'm not gonna tell you the truth fully because I think you can't handle it and you might make some you know, dumb decisions out of it. So I'm gonna just, I'm gonna massage the truth, you know, for this reason. What it breeds though, is it breeds lack of trust. Because now we're going, dude, do they work or not work? 
like, I don't know if I can trust you because one minute you said it didn't and the next you said it did. Now, again, I'm not saying all of this is on him or any one person. Yeah, no. But I'm saying we do that in business sometimes. Like, well, yeah, here's we the reason. Here's the reason why I didn't tell you how tough of a quarter we were having because I was afraid you'd freak out and that would affect your work and whatever. When it's like, couldn't you have just told us and then we could have all rallied together and we could have acted like adults and made good decisions based on the data at hand? And right. so that's what I see with what you but guys again, are But again, this is an example of where fear breeds inauthentic behavior. Exactly. You know? Yep. And so I just try to realize that uh, I've made a lot of mistakes over the years as a leader, you know, in the business and the company is still going. Mm. And so admitting that mistakes have been made is probably not going to, it didn't kill the company then, it's probably not going to kill the company now. Yeah. I love that. I love that. All right. I got one last question for you and then I'll let you get back to your day. So the last question, give me a short answer if you want, is if you ever notice yourself having a case of the Mondays, you know, that's what yeah. I always think about from office yeah. space, like a day that whatever reason I'm in a funk, yeah. I just don't feel it, man. I'm not in the right, right headspace. Yep. What have you found to be, a, to be helpful to get out of those states? Depending on how it is, and where I am with it, it's one of two things. Either it, if I haven't exercised that day because I had a busy morning or, you know, I just, I prioritized other stuff. I stop, I find a spot in my day where I can at least get some cardio weights, something, you know? Yeah. Cause yeah. I know that if I can get myself to do that, which is sometimes a challenge, right? Like when that, when those chemicals are floating around and you're feeling like, bad about yourself or bad about your day yep. or whatever, it can, it's not always possible, you know, to get yourself to the gym, you know what I mean? Or yeah. get yourself yeah. on the Peloton bike or whatever it is for you. Um, so I have a fallback, which works for me 100% of the time, uh, which is I go for a walk. That's what I was thinking. Yes. Cause everybody can go for a walk. Yeah. You know, even if it's crappy outside, I will put on a rain jacket or, or if it's, snowy and cold. You know, sometimes I spend time in Telluride, Colorado. It can get pretty cold and, you know, <laughs> undesirable sometimes, some yeah. days, you know, I bundle up and I go and yes. everybody can find 10 minutes to go for a walk. You can do a meeting while you're walking. You can listen to something while you're walking. You can call your mom while you're walking. You could, you know, at least I could go for a walk and that yes. works for me every time. Cause I, I'm always, this is negotiation with myself. I'm like, well, I didn't work out this morning. I'd really like to work out. I'm really not up to it. Oh my God. I, or I don't have time, you know, <laughs> yeah. whatever the excuse is, then I'm just like, okay, well, great. Then you can go for a walk. That's my fallback. And it, it usually reframes me pretty quickly, you know? Yes. So glad. So glad I asked that question. Cause I think it took me years to figure that out. And I do try for the first one. Like I'll even push myself. Like, can you really, yeah. yes, we can go to the gym, Come on, but there still are those days yeah. that you're like, nope not doing it Can't do and it. to be able to say but i could go on a walk i now have learned to relish that because you're not like it's not like challenging physically or whatever right usually i'll put in a great either podcast or yeah, music I do too. yeah and just like get all right let me get just out I, to me it's like get, out, get of this. out of yourself you know exactly. like just by looking around and getting some sunlight and yes. either some music or something some podcast you like that just just kind of get out of yourself you know give yourself an opportunity to just change it change it up you know yes and then yes. I usually find, you know, I come back to the office and I'm like, all right, let's get at it, you know, yeah. and I'm better. I'm not, I'm not always 
exactly hundred percent where I want to be, but I'm better. Yeah. No question about it. Yeah. We call those rapid recoveries where <laughs> I like the, more, the more you get to know yourself, can you notice when you're starting to skid in a day, like yeah. in, mentally, emotionally, yep. and like, instead of just grinding it out, most of us just stay in that mode and just right. still try to work. Mike, what if you just ask, what do I need right now? And then yeah, I just pay- give myself permission to renegotiate my commitments that day. You know, yes. I'm just like, well, guess what? I won't be able to do whatever it was I told myself I was going to do. Can I renegotiate that yeah. to carve out time to go for a walk? Probably. I mean, at the end of the day, it's 10 minutes. Exactly. I mean, usually 10 to 20 minutes. If you, if you asked, what do I need right now? And then you gave yourself that for 10 to 20 right. minutes, you would actually get back to a pretty good place. It doesn't have to be perfect, but I think the hard part is training yourself to ask that question. Yes. And then admitting the answer, you know? Yep. Yep. I mean, sometimes it's like, I need to call someone. Like sometimes I'm like, man, I'm feeling like I don't have wisdom on this moment or I'm feeling like something happened between me and my wife and I just need to call her and tell her I love her. Or it's like, ask what you need. And then usually you get out of that survival state and you get back into more of a relaxed state and you can, continue your day. And now the next three hours are great instead of a a drag. Right. Yeah. And then that builds, you can feel good looking back on that. You're like, Hey, I came back, you know, Yeah, (laughs) it creates a little more momentum. It's a, I call it stopping stopping the skid. It's like, almost like like you lost traction. You're skidding and you catch it and you're like, I caught it. I caught the skid. I like that. That's great. (laughs) That's really great. That's awesome. Well, Brian, this is the exact reason why I had you back on the podcast. This has been a fantastic conversation. Thank you for bringing your honesty for your bringing your wisdom and your heart. I know I've learned a bunch and I'm sure our audience has as well. So thank you for being here, my friend. Well, I hope it was helpful to somebody out there. And, uh, of course I'm always happy to connect with people if, uh, on Twitter or email. Yes. I'm Brian at Brian at groundfloor.us is my legit email address. Uh, and I, Bold I'm not man. always up to date with my email, but I try. Uh, and if you, uh, if you tweet at me, I for sure will know what's, it. What's the Twitter handle? Brian underscore Dally. And that's Brian with an I underscore D-A-L-L-Y. Perfect. And then stairs on the app. Can they just go on the app store yep. and type in stairs, stairs? app? Yep. Stairsapp.com. You can see our cool little video that our creative team came up with, which is pretty fun and tells the story of save vesting. And sure. uh, you can download it from there or you can just go to the, go to the store on your phone. And, you know, hopefully if you search for stairs, I hope it comes up. Should. Yeah. Cool. If not, well, our audience will give you some feedback. And we'll make sure that does. Pop yeah, we'll up make sure. <laughs> awesome, Brian. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Founders, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and hop into our monthly founder email so we can ensure you stay on the edge of peak performance and massive business results.